part of the benefit is is that long-term boost in tissue healing. But what I think people really know us for even better than that is these very fast wow moments, the functional changes, because 90% of patients notice tangible progress in their first session on the newbie. And that's long before there's any opportunity for tissue to heal, for ligaments to, to you know repair or nerves to regenerate or anything like that. If you've ever asked yourself, how can I get better clinical outcomes for my patients? Then this is the podcast for you. Welcome to the Rehab Links Secrets to Success podcast, where I will be interviewing experts and teaching you how to access the best technologies, strategies, resources, and solutions so you can get the best outcomes that your patients deserve. Thanks for joining me. Now on to the show. Welcome, everyone, to the Rehab Links Secrets to Success podcast. I'm Lisa Lisa Chase, your host, and I am super excited to have Garrett Saltpeter with us today. Welcome, Garrett. Thank you, Lisa. It's an honor to be here. This is so great. So a little background about uh, Garrett. So uh, Garrett um, and I met uh, probably, God, it's probably before COVID, I think, when I came to your studio to learn about the newbie. So Garrett has a great background as an engineer and a neuroscientist, and he is the creator of NewFit and a patented device that I've been using for several years in my clinic called the newbie. And it has really made a huge impact on my patients and improved my outcome. So I really wanted to have, you know, Garrett on today to talk a little bit about his background and more about the newbie. So more people can learn about uh, what the newbie is and how it can really improve your outcomes. So, um, you know, why don't you go ahead and just tell our listeners a little bit about you, you know, and, you know, your business uh, at, at NewFit. Absolutely. Happy to do that. And uh, it's funny to, to think back on Yes, pre-COVID, we were doing those courses and, you know, it was wonderful having you down here. And it's kind of fun, funny to think that you were participating in our course because I've also learned so much from you over the, the subsequent years as well, too. So it's good. It's a good yeah. mutually educational relationship. Absolutely. Um, so at NewFit, we are best known for the Newbie device, which is an acronym for Neurobioelectric Stimulator. And Part of what makes it really unique in this crowded world of rehab technology is that it's direct current instead of alternating current. And so that has some really unique effects on the body. So in the, in the long term, that can actually help facilitate the process of tissue healing. This direct current electric field, it creates this charge gradient. So it's like if you, if like if you have a hill and a ball would roll down that hill, that's, a, that's potential energy, that's gravitational energy there. And an electric field is sort of the same type of thing where it creates this environment in which charges will, will move around in response to, to that field being applied. So it helps to orient the cells that control healing and regeneration of bone and muscle and connective tissue and nerves. And we'll actually get into a study we have going on in neuropathy right now showing the differences between direct current and alternating current and the effects on regenerating nerves. But just to, to close the loop for right now, part of the benefit is is that long-term boost in tissue healing. But what I think people really know us for even better than that 
is these very fast wow moments, the functional changes, because 90% of patients notice tangible progress in their first session on the newbie. And that's long before there's any opportunity for tissue to heal, for ligaments to, to you know, repair or nerves to regenerate or anything like that. And so a lot of times people make these functional changes and are, are either blown away that they've made so much progress on something that has stalled or where they haven't made any progress, or they're, they're pleased and motivated to, to want to continue because they're just you know, relieved or excited to actually see some progress in, in their therapy there. So uh, it helps, helps patients feel motivated to complete their plans of care, certainly has helped generate referrals and, and other things like that for, for practices. But what it comes down to is being able to identify where the nervous system is guarding and protecting in response to injury. So instead of just focusing on the hardware of the body, you know, the tissue that's, that's torn or broken or whatever, um, focusing on the software, on the neurological response. You know, it's many times in life, it's not as much about what happens to us as it is about how we respond to it. And here we've found that by prioritizing that, you know, obviously use your clinical judgment. If something is obviously broken or very compromised and you need imaging done, you know, we're, we're being responsible, of course, but as soon as it's safe to do so, working on and prioritizing that neurological response we found helps people restore function, reduce pain, you know, increase their, their movement and strength and do it in a way that not only makes them feel better, but helps support the overall healing process. And so we're able to do that by taking advantage of the other unique effect of this direct current and its, its impact on neuromuscular reeducation, because we can use it almost like a software debugging type of process where we can, we can take one of the electrodes. If you're watching, you see, I'm just taking an electrode and scanning around on my own arm here, but we can take one during what we call our mapping process, scan around. And based on how the body responds, we can identify exactly where the brain and nervous system are guarding, inhibiting, where they're imposing these, these limiting factors, these limiting influences on the body, or where there might be hypersensitivity that would lead to chronic pain that might even linger after the injury is healed. So we can find where those, where those, are literally being imposed on the body and then stimulate those areas to downregulate the protective patterning or disinhibit the body. So it's sort of like, instead of hitting, hitting the throttle harder, it's like taking the other foot off the brake. And when we do that, it, it definitely sets the stage for more effective and efficient recovery and does, like I said, create these wow moments for patients who are just excited to, to see tangible progress and, and, you know, to be able to make those improvements so quickly. Yeah, that, that is so true. I mean, the nervous system, you know, is to me is really the key. And, you know, I, you know, do a lot of osteopathic techniques. And that is one of the things that I have found with the osteopathic techniques is that, you know, you can make a quick change in the nervous system. So to pair that with the newbie and to get, like you said, that wow moment, it just, it, 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 it gets people out of pain um, much quicker than any technology really that I've used. So I think it's, um, yeah, I'm grateful that you've invented it. Now, how did you kind of come to, to, you know, figure out the newbie and, you know, how to utilize it? Tell us a little bit about that background. So I, I will happily do that. Just one final thought to close the loop on the last answer there, which is that the direct current the part of why it's able to work in that way as the, the software debugging type of approach that I, that I mentioned 
part of that is that when you have an alternating current signal that is foreign to the body, as the signal goes back and forth, it causes not only contraction, but protective co-contraction where, you know, like, for example, antagonist muscles fighting against each other. So going back to the car metaphor, it's like hitting the throttle and the brake pedal at the same time. Yes. And with the direct current, we're able to bypass a lot of that. So instead of just giving those contractions or, or you know, having, having the body fight with those protective contractions, we're able to send in high amounts of sensory input. And that allows us to provide challenge to various tissues and areas of the body and then see how, how their brain and nervous system, how the patient's brain and nervous system are responding. So that helps us identify where that perception of threat is, where that hypersensitivity is, where that guarding, inhibition, et cetera, where those patterns are being imposed on the body. So just to close the loop there. And so- Well, yeah, you know, and that's a good point. You know, before we actually move on to how you came to invent uh, Newbie, talk a little bit about the threat bucket. Cause I just think that that's so important in understanding whether it be explaining it to a therapist or to a patient is, is how, you know, when you have all this threat coming into the nervous system and how newbie can, can change and lessen that threat. Just talk to that for a minute. Yeah, it's a, it's a great topic. So this threat bucket metaphor that we like to talk about, I have a picture of uh, in my book as well. It's a, it's a metaphor that's based on the biopsychosocial model of pain. So for people who are into pain science or have read or studied about it or use it, uh, that's you know where, where it comes from. And, and threat, you can use interchangeably with nociception, but we just you know use threat because it's easier for the layperson to understand. So, so the idea is that there's this metaphorical threat bucket and anything that's threatening to us, you know, our brains are oriented towards survival and protection. Our brains are constantly monitoring our environment for any possible threat to our survival and wanting to, to act to protect that. So a lot of times it's, you know, a stress response to be able to fight or flee, or sometimes, you know, if the situation is such that that's, you know, the best chance, you know, it's a freeze response, but the, 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 the fight or flight freeze responses, those are the types of responses that, that we would have to any sort of perceived threat. And those threats can be real, like the, you know, proverbial, tiger that might eat us or the predator that might eat us in our, you know, as we evolved tens of thousands of years ago, or the, the inundation of, of emails and deadlines and stresses with business and life and, you know, et cetera. So, so all of those stressors get put into this imaginary bucket. So there's, you know, the, the stresses of, of life and business and relationships, there's perhaps actual tissue damage. If there's an injury, or being sedentary or you know not moving enough moving poorly it could be not sleeping uh, well for a few nights or it could be you know reactions to food if there's a lot high, a lot of inflammation because someone ate a food that they are reacting reacting to in that way or they're dehydrated all these different stressors on the body uh, they go into this bucket and the interesting thing about this bucket is that once it reaches a certain threshold like imagine there was a, a faucet there when you, you build up beneath that threshold and the bucket just fills up, just fills up, it can handle whatever's coming in, but then it reaches a threshold and some water pours out the faucet and that faucet is pain. So regardless of whether the last thing that, that went into the bucket that, that made, made the level cross over that threshold, regardless of, of whether that is you know, some sort of tissue damage or something that, that quote unquote should not hurt, something that we would think wouldn't hurt physically, whatever it is, the output is gonna be pain because pain is the brain's way 
of sending a signal to say, stop doing that, do something different, change your behavior. Pain, as we know, is not, we've learned now in the last couple of decades in the neuroscience of pain here, pain is not just a response, pain is not just a, a signal from the body. It's like, oh, that, that, you know, people thought, oh, that's a pain response from the body. And then we're just reflecting it in the brain. Pain is actively created as an output by the brain in response to the totality of inputs because it's the brain's way of saying, you know, like I just said, it's the brain's way of saying, don't do that, do something different, etc. So based on the totality of the inputs, the brain can decide whether to, whether to create that output of pain. And one interesting thing about that is that when we have pain, you know, everyone listening here, hopefully you're not in pain right now, but think back to, to excuse me, think back to if and when you do experience pain, I would bet, I'd be willing to bet you, I don't know you listening to this, but I'd be willing to bet you $5 right now that when you experience pain, it is virtually always in the same place. And that's because a lot of times pain is a response to these non-physical stressors. And if you think about it, if the brain's trying to send you a signal to make a change and you're having stress at work, you don't have a stress at work muscle to which your brain can send that pain signal. So it's going to use an existing well-rehearsed pain pathway rather than investing the energy and resources to build a new one. It's going to leverage one that's already there. So when we have pain, if it you know comes and goes a little bit, it oftentimes will be in the same place. And that's because sometimes it's a response to non-physical factors and the brain is using that, that existing pain pathway. So what we can do with the newbie and where this comes in is by going through the same scanning process we can identify where in the body there's an elevated perception of threat. And then by sending this direct current signal there, by running that, that software debugging program, we can essentially teach the brain that, hey, it's okay. You know, you can allow, we, we can allow input from here. We can present that input enough times that the brain can recalibrate and say, oh yeah, that's not actually, uh, that's not actually you know, such a serious threat to survival we can calm down these protective patterns and it actually makes make often will make changes even in chronic pain patients even in you know some severe crps cases that that we've seen you know can actually help really down regulate that one one other piece that i do want to mention there is that you know we're talking there about mapping and finding locally where that perception of threat is elevated there's also benefits to doing any practice like you know, meditation or diaphragmatic breathing we of course use the master reset to amplify those benefits, but anything we can do to shift the body into a parasympathetic state more globally is going to help reduce the perception of threat globally and also help locally wherever there might be pain as well. So both of those approaches can be very helpful, but it comes down to trying to essentially reduce the level of that metaphorical threat bucket or pain bucket. Yeah. And I think you make a good point, you know, about regulating the autonomic nervous system. And you mentioned master reset. So for the listeners who might not understand what that means, um, we actually take electrodes, we put them on the back of the neck and the bottom of the feet, and we're stimulating the vagus nerve in hopes to, you know, deregulate that, that sympathetic load to the nervous system. And so sometimes when patients come in and they're in so much pain and it's hard to do much with them, and their heart rate variability, as we know, might be really low, then what we try to do is use the um, master reset to just reset the nervous system, calm, calm it down. And that sometimes just that alone will start to help 
with reducing pain. Yeah, very well said. And um, the only thing I would add to that is that we've seen some really cool data that quantifies. You know, if you if you do acupuncture or you lie down and do diaphragmatic breathing for 10 or 20 minutes, there is a positive increase in heart rate variability. But if you do it with the master reset, that increase is you know maybe two, three, four, or five times more significant. So it, it helps create that shift into parasympathetic dominant mode, uh, helps to drive that shift to happen more quickly and more significantly. Yeah, I think it's super powerful. Okay, well, I, yeah, that, that was great. Hopefully our listeners are really intrigued with the newbie now. So, so tell us, how do you, did you come to invent the newbie? Well, I think like every you know, entrepreneurial origin story, you know, it was a, a problem or a challenge that you know, led to it. And so for me, it was an injury that I experienced. I played division three ice hockey up in New England in college. And I had some, some uh, torn ligaments where I was told I was gonna have to get surgery. And because of my previous experiences with physical therapy and orthopedic medicine, which were you know, disenchanting, I'll say, I just kind of yes. figured that figured that's you know that's how it would be and that, that that I would need to get the surgery and fortunately just through circumstances through a friend of a friend I met a doctor who was using functional neurology and using a version of direct current you know, it was an older device with analog dials and you know more like a microcurrent type of thing but but going through this process literally changed my life I it was the first time I had this experience where someone told me like hey we're not just going to look at the the tissue that's torn or broken, we're going to look at the neurological response and how the nervous system is or is not activating the muscles around that area to support it or not support it as it heals. We're going to look at how the nervous system, the state of the nervous system, because that, of course, you know, sympathetic, parasympathetic, dominant, whatever state you're in can influence the healing process in a very significant way. And we're going to use direct current to help kind of prod along, push along that healing process so that whatever your body's capable of doing, we're going to make sure we maximize that healing so that you give yourself the best chance to heal. And going through those treatments, it you know, literally did change my life. I was, of course, you know, I got, well, I got back in two and a half weeks instead of three months and I avoided surgery. And so of course I was happy as a, you know, as a college athlete, being able to play again, being able to avoid surgery, all that. But as a, as a physics major, as an engineering student, as someone who was, really passionate about physiology and the human body and being an athlete uh, to find something that made sense to me scientifically from first principles that was even more exciting and and going through that experience i just felt called to share this work with as many people as i could and that's now 17 or 18 years ago but it launched me on this journey that you know was you know 10 to 12 years of using older versions of electrical stimulation finding out what i did and didn't like and what we could and couldn't do uh, and then realizing over time that, hey, I think I have some unique ideas here and it is worth pursuing developing some technology. And you know, that series of events led me to start developing the newbie. And now at the time of this recording, it was you know five and a half, almost six years ago that we finally launched the device. And it's been amazing to see now, I mean, to be able to connect with wonderful therapists like you who are working with people and doing things that we would never be able to, to do here in Austin, Texas, or reach people we could never reach uh, and, and be able to collaborate again with people like you and other therapists who, who have this knowledge of these other really wonderful techniques and seeing how we can use the newbie 
in conjunction with those to help help supercharge those techniques and make everything better. You know, that's been a really exciting and really rewarding aspect of it as well. Well, you know, it's funny because as a manual therapist, I've always poo-pooed modality, so to speak, right? You know, electrical stimulation, because, you know, in, in every other device that I've used, it's been, you put the electrical stimulation on and you walk away, right? So that I just wasn't using modalities in my practice. And so if there are manual therapists that are listening out there and get really good results with their hands, this is such an amazing adjunct to helping to retrain the nervous system, you know, once you get people, uh, you know, moving and you restore the mechanics, now is how do you get muscles firing or turning muscles down so people can move better and improve their overall function. It is such a beautiful marriage between the two. So I just wanted to make that comment because a lot of uh, manual therapists may go, oh, you know, electrical stimulation, you know, I don't, I don't want to really use modalities. Um, but it's um, very impactful and is totally different than any other electrical stimulation that you've used for sure. Awesome, beautifully said. And, and one thing I'll add is that for the manual therapists out there, there is a way to combine the newbie yes. with, with manual therapy. So the glove is amazing. Tell about tell us about the glove. Yeah. So if you're if you're only listening and not watching, you you won't see this. But I put an electric glove on my on my hand here, and there's a there's an attachment so you can actually plug the newbie into the glove. So if you're doing manual therapy techniques, you can, you can use the electric glove to actually send that direct current signal of the newbie through your fingertips. And you can take advantage of the unique ability of this type of current to preferentially relax rather than contract muscles. And a lot of manual therapists report to us that they can get tissues to release or reduce their tone in, you know, in less time and with less pressure than it would normally take. And uh, we also hear from time to time that you know, people will tell us that their, their manual work seems to stick for longer as well. So that, uh, you know, that I think it can be very supportive. Obviously, there's a lot of benefits to doing manual therapy. I think using the glove can, can perhaps add a little bit there. But then like you said, the, the marriage between the two around you know, doing your manual therapy and then you know, you've opened up this therapeutic window to be able to get a lot more, more range of motion, to be able to get more activation. And if you can really maximize the work there, there's a much greater likelihood that that work will stick and you'll be able to achieve more. Yeah, so true. And even, you know, using, you know, a metal instrument to conduct, um, I've done that as well. So yeah, that's a, a great point about using the glove. We definitely use that as well as the underwater treatment where you use the water to conduct the electricity for a hand and foot treatment. So wait, um, you're not supposed to put the electricity in water. <laughs> <laughs> People definitely freak out about that, but maybe this would be a good time to talk about your research with neuropathy. Cause I know that you're using the underwater treatment. <laughs> yeah. don't, right. don't be afraid. <laughs> so for that, so just to be clear, we're not, putting the device in the water we're putting one of the electrodes floating in the water just yeah. in case you're kind of wondering so, so <laughs> the, the idea here is that you know if you use a, a, the glove you're going to have the electric current kind of more pinpoint fingertip point um, you know, concentrated on the surface of the skin there and the tissues right under, underneath it if you use an electrode it's going to be concentrated underneath the electrode and if you use if you put the you have someone put their foot in a in a bath of water and you have the electrode in there 
it's going to disperse, the water is going to disperse the current more broadly, more widely. It's like the, the shotgun approach as, a pair, as compared to the rifle. It's going to be more spread out. And that's very valuable when we're talking about, especially the feet and hands, because they're so neurologically rich. There are so many mechanoreceptors, afferent pathways. There's so many targets that we want to stimulate. And so that, that water immersion can help us do that. And that is, yeah, in the neuropathy study that we're doing. So we've got uh, 160 patients or so, might end up being more, but 160 patients with polyneuropathy. And these are patients mostly in their 60s and 70s, uh, mostly diabetic neuropathy. But the, um, the idea here is that they're getting measurements with EMG and nerve conduction velocity testing before and after. And then their treatment is just the foot bath. And we're doing that, we're only doing that. There's obviously more like we talked about mapping and there's microcurrent treatments. We can do frequency specific microcurrents. There's all these different things we can do. But for the study, we're just doing the foot bath to control the variables. So it's clear what intervention is making a difference. Um, another cool part about this that I mentioned earlier is that we're getting to compare side by side direct current and alternating current. So the experimental group is using the newbie, of course. And then the control group is doing the same treatment but with a generic TENS unit. So we're getting to see the head-to-head the, -head comparison of alternating current and direct current. And what we're seeing so far, it's in you know, it's just this month as we're recording, it should be complete with data collection. And so in sometime in this year, 2023, we expect to have it written up and, and hopefully published by the end of the year. But the, the reports back so far are that you know, patients, so oh, it's, it's uh, six weeks of those treatments twice a week, so 12 treatments total. And the reports are that over those 12 treatments, people are regenerating nerves, they're remyelinating their nerves, their nerve conduction wow. velocity is increasing. We're seeing that patients in the experimental group, some of them are having collateral sprouting. So they're literally literally sprouting, building new axons. There's there you know, really amazing things happening. And then looking on the it's the Toronto neuropathy scale or the Ontario neuropathy scale. Whatever, uh, the, there's a, a functional test, a, you know, a questionnaire of how, how much activities of daily living people can do, how much the neuropathy, quantifying how much the neuropathy is impairing their quality of life, essentially. And we're seeing you know, significant improvements in their ability to do activities of daily living and their sensation and all these, all these things here. So uh, it's really exciting because right now, the neuropathy, I guess this is probably the headline, I should have started here, but the <laughs> neuropathy, you know, there's tens of millions of people just in the US alone that have neuropathy yeah. and the solutions right now, pardon my language, but they suck. They <laughs> do, they're, I mean, I've seen it, seen many and yeah, yeah, they, they do, they're just, they're not the greatest outcomes at yeah. all. Yeah, a lot of, you know, a lot of drug treatments, really, you know, pain medicines and things like that, nothing that can actually really address or fix or cure the underlying, you know, resolve the underlying damage by any means. So I'm particularly excited about this oh, because that's, great. Uh, that's something that, you know, to me, part of what motivated me in the, you know, the, that story of launching the newbie and everything, part of what motivated me there was that I felt like it really met an unmet need in the world of orthopedic physical therapy you know, yeah. by, by addressing the software and not being just focused on the hardware, like we, like we talked about there. Yeah. So, um, and here I, I kind of feel that similar excitement again yeah. about being able to really meet an unmet need by being able to apply this direct current electric field in a way that helps orient all these cells and help, help uh, spur along the neurological 
regeneration, the repair process and help these people with the nerves. So it's, it's all in their feet. We haven't done any hands, but it's yeah. uh, in this study. It's all feet and lower leg neuropathy, but to be able to help them you know, oh, regenerate all that tissue, like it's been really, really exciting. That's huge. That's huge. I can't wait to see that. So that's exciting. Well, um, how about, so, you know, I'd love to hear, you know, any tips that you have, either that you've personally learned, because I know you've got a clinic, you know, um, and therapists that you work with in Austin, but obviously you have worked with thousands of doctors, chiropractors, physical therapists, you know, um, who are helping really get great outcomes. So do you have three tips for us? And our listeners on on how maybe using the newbie has 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 actually uh, improved the outcomes. Yeah, it's a it's a good question, and I think that I've probably already talked about them. I don't know if I necessarily have anything new that we haven't gone over, but but one, I, mean, I think my biggest tip would be to consider the nervous system. You know, consider the neurological response to injury and trauma, and how that is affecting. The patient there in front of you, and it could mean, um, you know, it could mean like like a kind of straightforward example where someone sprained their ankle, and obviously it's very clear that the responses are are in and in the you know happening in the tissues in and around that that ankle, and addressing those is going to help accelerate the recovery dramatically. And it's you know, it's kind of interesting. We'll have you know someone who's supposed to be out for four to six weeks with a sprained ankle and we help them get back in one or two weeks. And it yeah. seems like this miraculous recovery, but what's really miraculous is the human body and the ability that we have to heal. And what we're doing is just getting out of the way, the, the impediments that stand in the way of the healing process that delay the healing process. So, so I think that's one is definitely prioritizing the nervous system. Uh, and then an offshoot of that, is, is prioritizing the nervous system response more locally then an offshoot of that is that more global nervous system approach that we talked about earlier about about you know regardless of what type of injury or pain that individual that you're working with is experiencing finding ways to work with them to help them get into a more parasympathetic dominant state to more globally support that healing um and i think that i think that is is wonderful um and then the, the other one I would say, if, uh, if I'm going to give a third here, there's, there's so many, but if I'm trying to narrow it down to top three, I'd say objective testing. I, I really like using objective testing. Yes. Um, you know, like in our course, I had that handheld dynamometer that I've been using for years and I like it for, for two, for two reasons. I mean, one is for us to be able to tell for, you know, clinicians, everyone listening to this, to be able to tell you know, where somebody is and quantify their progress along the way. There's, there's a lot of value in that, but sometimes even more valuable and even more powerful is for patients to, to see their progress yes. because, you know, we've had times where we'll, we'll do a, a rec fem test, you know, having a patient lie down, lift their leg on one side, push down same thing on the other side, on the injured side, they might have a, a 60% strength deficit. You know, maybe it's uh, 50 pounds of force on one side and, what would the math be? 20 pounds of force on their side, is that something like that. So I think that's the right math. And you know, literally <laughs> they'll be that, that inhibited. And then we'll go through our, our process. We'll do some manual work with the glove. We'll find these hot spots in the mapping process, treat them. And all of a sudden they might, they might go on the side where they were 20 pounds of force. They might go up to 40 pounds of force and then they will have made up most of that deficit in one session. 
and they'll be like, you know, it's motivating to them. It's exciting to them because they can see that light at the end of the tunnel. There's so much about pain. You know, we talk, talk about the neuroscience of pain, all these different brain areas get, get activated in the experience of pain, including those that forecast out into the future. And so a lot of times there's pain is colored by this. Oh my God, is it always going to be that way? Like this yeah. looking forward, looking yeah. you know, with, you know, clouded in doom sort of outlook. Yes. So, um, so that I think can be helpful, but that would probably be my third is objective measurement. I think that's a great one. And, and, you know, whenever I'm teaching, that is definitely something that we talk about, you know, is okay, do something objective then do something that's going to impact and change that so the patient can actually feel the difference, whether it's how they move, you know, pain, whatever it is. And, and definitely newbie gives that experience. Um, but being able to do some kind of an objective measure prior, I think is definitely very, very helpful. Excellent. Excellent. Um, all right. Well, we're, we're probably close to our time. So I'd love for you to share how people can find you if they want to learn more about newbie and the, the, the new fit method. Yes, there are a few ways. One I'll, uh, I'll share is my, my book here called the new fit method. And Great book. Highly, highly recommend it. I love it. I've read it several times. <laughs> Thank you. So I, I just, it's funny that uh, we're recording this today because I just finished my third and final day in the studio recording the audiobook version. Yes, that. that's so, so I, good. I, so many people ask me that question. They're like, is it on audio? I'm like, not yet, but it's going to be. <laughs> finally. So maybe by the time this podcast airs, uh, yeah. maybe by the time it's released, the audiobook will be out too, or at least close. Um, yes. So that book is on Amazon. Audiobook soon will be also. Uh, and then our website is www.new.fit. It's N-E-U, like neurological, dot fit, no.com or anything like that. And then uh, on social media, we are most active on Instagram. And yes. it's newfitrfp for rehab, fitness, and performance. Excellent. And we'll definitely include those um, as well in the show notes. So. Well, I so appreciate, you know, I, I learned some new things about you today and thought maybe I, you know, knew everything about, you know, the background of the newbie, but I always hear these little, you know, uh, pearls that you share. So I so appreciate you coming on the show and for, you know, all that you're contributing and helping all of us, you know, medical and health practitioners and fitness trainers uh, really improve our outcomes. So thanks for joining us. Well, thank you. And I want to reflect that right back to you for the wonderful work you're doing, not only for your patients, but teaching at the Michigan State program and everything you're doing to help clinicians level up their games. So it's, uh, it's mutual. And thank you. Awesome. Well, until next time, see you later. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Rehab Link's Secrets to Success. If you haven't already, please share this out so that more people can get access to Rehab Link's Secrets to Success. Now, if you would like to work with us and connect with my team, please go to www.rehablinksystems.com where you can find our free tools, online trainings, and many resources to help you get great clinical outcomes. We look forward to serving you. Until next time.